Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 174. Does audio or video quality actually matter? And is a dynamic mic really the best? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting, where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm on this little mini-series of challenging the podcasting assumptions. And previously, we've talked about is uh, passion really that important? Is consistency that important? Do you really need a website for your podcast? Do you really need stats or media hosting? Does the audience size matter? And we've got more to come. Please check out the full list of these episodes either in the show notes for this episode over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 174, where you can also get all the other show notes that I mentioned and links and stuff over there. Or you can jump straight to the list at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash assumptions. And if you want to add something as an assumption to challenge in this podcasting space, then please send me your feedback and I'll tell you more about how you can see, send that feedback in a little bit. But a big assumption that podcasters have and podcasters about podcasting and, and people who help people podcast are talking about is your audio quality. Or if you're a video podcaster, your video quality is also an important thing. And some people will say, it doesn't really matter. Look, I'm having all of this success on a platform like Blog Talk Radio. Other people will say, you need to get off of that because you're hurting your podcast and you're not going to have success if you don't have that kind of quality. So which is really the truth? Let's dig into this and then we'll talk a little bit about specifically the assumption that dynamic microphones are the best. So does your audio quality or video quality actually matter that much? When you look at iTunes, don't try and count this, but the the numbers that I've seen from iTunes and Apple are that there are at this time about 300,000 podcasts in iTunes right now. They're not all active. Many of them have stopped years ago. Some of them are just starting. But when you look across all of these podcasts, even in the new and noteworthy category, you'll find podcasts, audio and video at a variety of quality levels. And you will see very easily then that you don't have to sound amazing to be in iTunes. You really don't even have to have the highest quality to have a good podcast. You can have a good podcast without having the highest production quality, your audio or your video quality. That's fine. We're not talking about though, do you have to have this, but is it important? Is this really something that you need in order to have a successful podcast. And remember, success is up to you to define what you think a success is. But there are certain podcast directories that do actually have quality requirements. For example, Stitcher, although they don't specifically say that your podcast must sound a certain quality level, they do sort of have some quality requirements in the way that you encode your files and by extension, the way that your files are supposed to end up sounding. Other services like iHeartRadio are being extremely picky in the kinds of podcasts that they let in. It's been so hard for me to get into iHeartRadio via Spreaker 
And that's for many different reasons, but I wouldn't be surprised if podcast audio quality is another. And there are other certain apps and services that are starting to get a little bit more particular in what they allow in because they want to be a a section of only the highest quality audio and video podcasts out there. So aside from these, I would call them right now fringe areas and directories where your quality is a requirement to get into that place. How important really is your production quality for having a successful podcast, however you define that? First, let's look at how your production and how different things affect your quality. There are three potential production quality areas of focus and focus for podcasts. And I would call this the production quality waterfall. Because first, whether you're audio or video, your audio quality is the most important thing. If people can't hear you, then unless you're doing sign language in your podcast, then there's really no point to their trying to consume your podcast if they can't understand what you're saying. Since everything we communicate in a podcast, almost everything, is with the spoken word even when we have words on the screen. Number two, if you're doing video, your next priority is your lighting quality because you can have a great video camera, but if you can't see what the video camera is pointing at and recording, then it's pretty much pointless. And then third for video would be your video quality. The things that affect each of these depend on the kind of gear that you're using, not the software, and not your editing skills. You could be the most skilled editor out there, but if you're given garbage audio or video, then you really can't do all that much with it. Remember the idea, garbage in, garbage out. You can always enhance garbage, but it's still garbage. So there are many different kinds of gear that people will use in their podcast studio, and however you define podcast studio, even if it's just your closet, your car, your basement, whatever it is, that's your studio. So refer to it as your podcast studio. But you could have different kinds of gear for recording your audio and video podcasts, and this gear will affect your production quality. It will be the biggest thing that affects your production quality. Like it could be that you're using studio equipment or maybe you're using your smartphone or a tablet. Maybe you're using your webcam or a built-in computer microphone or webcam or maybe you're even using something like a telephone conferencing service. Each of these are built around certain kinds of equipment and that is the biggest thing that affects your quality. Both your audio and your, your visual quality is the equipment that you're using. Now each method that I just described and kind of ways that different equipment falls into different categories has its own advantages and disadvantages. But the general rule of this is that you'll find that you get more convenience at a lower cost sometimes. Sometimes it's at a higher cost, but certainly lower quality. And a higher quality has less convenience and a higher cost. These are generalities But there are certainly some really powerful alternatives out there that really break these rules in some cool ways. But in general, that's the way you're going to be set up. And when it comes to video, you could get the most expensive camera out there. Like Think about a RED camera, which that's not the most expensive, but it's a 4K camera. And no one really should 
be putting out 4K video as a podcast file. I think at this time that might change many, many years from now, but I think standard definition and basic HD will always be best uh, options for bandwidth and everything else. But even if you have the best video camera you could get, if you can't see the person, then it's not great to have that video camera. It's, it's garbage, basically. Your video camera is capturing garbage. If you can't hear the person, if, you, if your listeners can't hear you in your audio or video podcast, then again, it's garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you do to try and fix it or enhance it afterward is just giving you enhanced garbage. But does your audience actually care about quality? I think that the most important thing to your audience will always be your content. That is, for the majority of podcasters, why people found their podcast in the first place and started listening. For some podcasters, it's the celebrity appeal, so they're going more after the personality than the content, but still, they trust that personality a lot because of the content with which they've already been associated. So there are some podcasts that have absolutely terrible production quality, but they have great content quality and great presentation quality, and they are successful in some degree, but their production quality is horrible. Now, this doesn't mean that, oh, just because this podcast that sounds terrible is having so much success, that doesn't mean that you can follow that same recipe. It means that, yes, they are having great success despite having such terrible audio or video quality. Think about how much more success these, quote, successful, unquote, podcasters could have if they could improve their audio and video quality in addition to maintaining the great content and presentation quality that they have. This is where I think that services like blog talk radio, free conference call, certain things like that, are kind of doing a disservice to the podcasting industry in certain ways that they're making the technology extremely accessible at a very high cost, though. And it's great for it to be accessible, but the recording quality is horrible. I would say that there are a lot of great shows locked into poor quality because of the way that they're recording it. But does your audience actually care about the quality? I think they care a little bit more than some people think and a little bit less than some other people think. When your audience will care about your quality is when the lack of quality becomes distracting. For example, if you are quiet or muffled or in any way not coming through as clearly in your podcast, it might sound okay if you're in the office, in a quiet office with noise-canceling headphones or you're sitting somewhere relaxing at home. But that same exact podcast may be completely unlistenable at double speed or at 1.5 speed on some podcast apps. Like I listen to almost everything at double speed. And it could also be unlistenable in noisy environments like mowing the yard or maybe just driving the car and trying to listen to a podcast through the radio, uh, through like an AM, FM broadcasting thing, or even a line-in input, or wearing headphones in certain states where you're allowed to do that, it may not be listenable because of the audio quality. And you really have to consider 
all of the ways that people consume audio podcasts. And I did an episode about that with things that you can consider in episode 135. And you can get the link to that in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 174. But also think about how the entertainment industry performs with movies and TV shows and music and such. It's really common, I think sadly too common, to see a really high quality production completely flop because they lack great story, which is their content, and they're also lacking a great storytelling technique, which is their presentation. But I think it's also common to see productions with great story and great presentation struggle to gain an audience because of poor production. You'll see that a lot where people will criticize the entertainment because it's so poorly produced despite having a great story. Those are the kinds of things where people have to be diehard fans to appreciate it. But you really almost never see I, th- I I think I'd go so far as to say you never see a poorly produced film get such attention except for Sharknado, but that's for completely different reasons. And even Sharknado didn't make that much money and didn't uh, perform that well compared to other movies out there. And when you're competing for an audience, and that really depends on your perspective on competition, and I did an episode about competition, and that was in episode 108, or you can get that link in the show notes for this, episode 174, you really don't want anything working against you when there's the chance that your audience may decide not to listen to you and instead listen to someone else. And your quality could be a major reason why someone will choose someone else's podcast over yours. So in a way, your audience does care about quality, but I would say it's a subconscious care that they really don't care until they notice it. And you don't want them to notice your lack of quality. You want to be as high quality as possible so that you're not distracting them and preventing them from listening in their preferred environments. So let me give you some basic ways of how to improve your quality. Remember that production quality water flow, your audio quality, your lighting quality, and your video quality. Those are the most important things. So practically, this means that your microphone will really be the best thing to upgrade first. Before anything else in your equipment, look at how you can upgrade your microphone or maybe switch to a better style of microphone for your particular needs. I'll talk more about that in a moment when I challenge the assumption of dynamic podcasting microphones, especially the Heil PR40. So let's look at audio-only podcasts. If you're producing a podcast in this way, really look at the chain of devices from your microphone on down for where you can improve your quality. If you just have your microphone plugging straight into your computer, then there are plenty of things that you could put along the path to improve the quality or replace along that way. You could almost turn this into a little song. The microphone's connected to the preamp. The preamp's connected to the mixer. The mixer's connected to the compressor limiter gate and on and on. And the effects or the compressor limiter gate is connected to the equalization. The equalization is connected to the output. The output's connected to the recorder. And you can even add even more things in all of these uh, steps along the way in this audio chain. 
You don't have to have all of these pieces in your audio chain, but adding or upgrading these pieces may improve your quality. If you have a great microphone and you're plugged directly into your computer and you're getting poor audio quality from it, well, you already have a great microphone, so maybe something else in your audio chain needs to be updated or replaced, and that could be what you're using to record the audio, like your computer. Or sometimes it can't even be the other way around, where, for example, if you have a Zoom H4n, which doesn't really have great preamps in it, and the preamp is a way that the device amplifies the audio in the microphone and kind of powers the microphone in a sense. And if you have poor quality preamps, you'll get a lot of hiss in your recording. So if I were to plug in my microphone directly into the Zoom H4n, I would get a much lower audio quality than other methods. So you might even need to go from plugging directly into an external recorder to instead plugging directly into your computer. But the more items that you have in this audio chain, the more potential you have for increasing the audio quality. But that does also get more expensive and more complicated. And yet, it can save you time because it means fewer things to fix after you record. So that's in your audio podcast. If you're doing a video podcast, in addition to thinking about the audio and the whole audio chain and improving that, then look at your lighting first. Because No one can really appreciate a video camera's high-definition quality, no matter how many pixels you jam into that screen, if they can't even see you, or they can't see you well, or you're poorly lit so that it just, it looks terrible. The lighting is bad, the color is bad, shadows are in weird places, all of that. And it's surprisingly inexpensive to get great lighting for video. The easiest way that won't cost you a single dime is go where there's sunlight. That could be go outside or just open the blinds, stand in front of the window, have the camera where the window is. So you are facing the window. The camera is facing away from the window facing you and record that way with the sunlight coming in. That can be beautiful light quality or or angle slightly so that the light from the sun is softening or lighting one side of your face and not so much the other. You can also soften the light with something like a shower curtain or a sheet, like whatever it is, choose something that's white in color. But that can be super inexpensive to do. You could even hang paper towels over your window to diffuse the light a little bit. But if you want a lighting kit, then you can spend as little as $100 or thousands and thousands of dollars on lighting kits. I just bought my first lighting kit. Previously, I've been working with a combination of a window on one side and daylight calibrated CFLs plugged into a regular home lamp on the other side. And that worked really well for most of the videos that you see that I've done for the Audacity to Podcast. But now I just bought my first lighting kit And I think it's great. I'll have an initial review video that you can check out very soon on the website and also in uh, YouTube and the iTunes feed for podcasting video tips. You can get all of that at theaudacitypodcast.com. But the lighting kit that I got is called the Fancier Studio 3800 Watt Kit. It has two soft boxes and one hair light. It was $170. It's $10 cheaper than the ePhoto 3800 watt kit, which is really the exact same kit. 
but that's two soft boxes, so those would point horizontally at me. And then a hair light, which I could use as an additional soft box to point it horizontally, but it's designed to be a more vertical light, to be hanging overhead to highlight the hair and help separate me from a background. This kit was $170, and it puts out 3,800 watts, equivalent 3,800 watts of light from this kit. That is great. Now, the kit is pretty cheap in its in really every way the production quality is cheap of the but it can work and it's what i chose to get because i didn't want to spend more than two hundred dollars you could also if you don't want the hair light you could look at the e-photo 4500 watt kit which is three soft boxes and each light bulb you can turn on and off so you have some control over the brightness coming out of these lights and both of these are under two hundred dollars and they can be a great option for you to get some really high quality lighting without having to carefully balance the lights in your house or steal all of the home lamps from everywhere else in the house and or record only during clear weather days certain times of the day and such you can control your lighting with that so i'm really looking forward to how this will improve my video production by having this really inexpensive lighting kit for only $170. And I have links to that and the other lighting kit I mentioned in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 174. For your camera, if you're doing a video podcast, your camera could be the final step that you look at doing for upgrading because you may already have something that can produce great quality video if you get some good lighting into it. Even the best cameras will look horrible if you have to enhance or bump up the the ISO too high or all of these other things in order to accommodate or account for poor lighting. But with great lighting, you can let the camera not have to do so much to lighten the scene and do more in handling a high-quality video. So your webcam, of all of the different options out there, your webcam is the lowest quality, but many webcams are really good with their quality. Like the Logitech C920 is still really good. It can record in full HD 1920 by 1200 or 1920 by 1080. It requires quite some processing power on your computer to handle that. And your computer could get a little bit noisy if you try and do that. But if you have some great lighting, that webcam can look great. Even newer computers that have webcams built in, those webcams are now starting to get pretty good. But also, if you have a smartphone, like especially an iPhone or any kind of new uh, smartphone, Android, iPhone, Windows phone, the cameras on those are also really good, even better than a webcam like the Logitech C920, because their optics are designed a lot better. And even though they may be a smaller lens, some of them are producing much better quality video and better frame rates, maybe even more manual controls. Like especially if you're on iOS and you're trying to use that as your video camera, look at getting the app Filmic. That's F-I-L-M-I-C. I have a link to that in the show notes for episode 174. And that gives you full manual control over many aspects of your camera. So as long as you have great lighting, then your camera can be the last thing that you look at. And if you really want to get the best video quality, then look at something that's designed 
for recording video, like even a Canon digital SLR, which is what I use. I have a Canon T4i, but now you can get something like the T5i or the T5 or many years later down the road, it might be a much higher model number. Check out whatever the latest one is. Or look at something like an HD camcorder. There are so many great ones out there. I just, in general, recommend the Canon ones because I've really been happy with the Canon line of cameras, uh, their camcorders, and their digital SLRs. So that's just, in general, what I recommend for camcorders. Certainly what I recommend for digital SLRs. For camcorders, I just don't know the space well enough to recommend anything else. But I know that a lot of people highly, highly recommend the Canon HD camcorders like the HFG series, uh, G20s, G10s can be really great. And they also have some new models that produce great video quality. So the conclusion of this, I'd say, is that your production quality is important, but your best investment for your time and energy will always be to continuously improve the quality of your content and your presentation skills for communicating that content. But if your production quality is bad, you'll have a very hard time trying to attract and especially keep your audience. So I think production quality is important for your podcast, whether it's audio or video. Next podcasting assumption is a dynamic mic, especially the Heil PR40 really the best microphone for podcasting? This can be a bit more technical. Well, it can actually be a lot more technical depending on how deep you get into this. And your audio quality, like I said, is so important to your video and audio podcast. It's the most important thing for you to focus on. But so many podcasters will say to only get a dynamic microphone. And a lot of podcasters will praise the Heil PR40 as the golden standard of podcasting microphones out there. And is that true? Well, I don't really think so. And there are some different cases where a different kind of microphone may be a better choice for you. The main two different kinds of microphones out there for studio microphones, that is, are dynamic microphones and condenser microphones. And there are a lot of differences between these in extremely technical ways that I'm not going to get into in this conversation and the different ways that they capture sound. But for our sake, let's just look at the practical side of these two different kinds of microphones. A condenser microphone usually captures a wide range of frequencies, your high tones, your low tones, these different pitches, and all of the dynamics of your voice. They also capture a wider area of sound. Often, condenser microphones will be omnidirectional. Not always, but often they may be omnidirectional. So that means they're capturing sound from all directions, not just from the end of the microphone or in front of the microphone, from the side or whichever direction. But also, they capture a wider area with a smaller falloff for distant sounds. So a condenser microphone will pick up a sound that's on the other side of the room better than a dynamic microphone will because the condenser really picks this up in a different way and so it's picking up those distant sounds a lot more. A dynamic microphone usually captures a slightly smaller range of frequencies so voices won't be as rich as they would be on a condenser microphone 
And dynamic microphones usually have a more narrow area of sound, especially end-fire microphones with a cardioid pattern. And that means that they're primarily capturing the audio that is coming out of the end of the microphone and just in front of the microphone. Imagine if the microphone itself was blowing up a balloon at the tip of the microphone. And that's pretty much what a cardioid pattern is like for a dynamic microphone. But also, they have a narrower capture range because they have a greater falloff for distant sounds. If I stand at the other end of the room and talk, you won't hear me as much on a dynamic microphone as you would on a condenser microphone. But there are many other kinds of microphones. It's not just separated into dynamic and condenser microphones. There, there are many different styles of microphones. Like, uh, besides just the studio microphones that we're typically familiar with, you could also have a lavalier or a lapel microphone, a shotgun microphone, a surface microphone, a headset microphone, and many other different formats out there that have specialty needs and purposes for them. And each microphone has its place in your recording studio depending on your particular needs and your voice. For example, a shotgun microphone may be better for you than a studio microphone if you need the microphone to be outside of the camera frame and away from the audio source. I've used dynamic microphones, like just regular studio microphones before, to position them like a shotgun microphone, which is what you typically see in movies and TV production where someone is holding the microphone on this big long stand and it looks like a dead cat hanging from this stick. They're not just enticing the actors with a dead cat hanging from a stick, but that is the microphone, and it's usually a shotgun microphone they're using. I've done something like that with just a regular studio dynamic microphone, but it wasn't as good as using a shotgun microphone because I was kind of hacking things together. So which microphone actually has the best audio quality possible? That's a misleading question. Your voice is different than everyone else's. Your recording environment is different from everyone else's. And your goals for how you need to record are probably also a little bit different than most other people. So what may be the best microphone in one particular situation could be the worst microphone in another situation. For example, you could get a $500 studio microphone to record in your studio and sound amazing with it. Perfect reproduction of your voice, perfect enhancements, whatever it is. But then take that same microphone to a conference and try to handhold it for an interview and it would be horrible. It would be the worst microphone possible to use. If you at all drop that thing or bump it too hard, you might damage it and it would not be good to take to your conference. And there are different aspects of video where you may not want to use the same microphone. Like it could be covering up more of your face than you need to, or you may be trying to record in the closet with a condenser microphone. But then if you try and record a video that way, it just won't look great because you're in the closet because of this microphone and the microphone's covering your face. So I'll leave the more technical aspects of the best kind of microphone to more experienced audio engineers out there. But here are some general guidelines on the different kinds of microphones and their best environments for you to use them. A studio condenser microphone is best for soundproof studios or intentionally 
including environmental sounds like a coffee shop or outdoors or at a, a, an event somewhere where you want the environment to be captured, but the environmental sounds aren't too loud. A great studio condenser microphone I've seen is the Blue Mouse. One of the reasons I really like this is I've been watching Rhett and Link's Good Mythical Morning, and also they have this other spinoff show that they occasionally do called The Mythical Show. And they use a Blue Mouse microphone. It's a condenser microphone, and it sounds really good. They don't have to be right up on the microphone. They're a couple feet or a few feet away from the microphone, and it picks them up really well. But they have a nice studio that's very quiet. And if any of the the camera crew laughs, you hear it picked up in the microphone. Or if something is dropped or bumped, you hear the microphone pick it up. But they're in a great studio for recording sound and for recording video. And so that studio microphone works really well. I'll have links, by the way, to all of these specific microphones that I recommend in the show notes for episode 174. Studio dynamic microphones are best for, quote, studios, unquote, where you don't have that kind of soundproofing or you have very little background noise, like just your computer running in the background or a computer fan, maybe an air conditioner, maybe some house noise here and there. But I always recommend try to reduce the noise as much as possible. This is, in general, a great microphone for podcasters because we're recording in this kind of environment. We don't have professional studios. We haven't soundproofed our rooms Even the closet, as great as it is, it's not the ideal place to record a podcast all the time. So in general, a studio dynamic microphone might be the best thing for your audio podcast. Some great microphones along this line are, of course, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB, or it's kind of clone or twin, or I don't know what you would call it, the AT2005 USB. Both of these microphones at this time are about the same price, I would recommend if you're going to buy a microphone, because these both have the exact same features, it's just the ATR2100 has a bit better of a warranty than the AT2005, but the AT2005 looks a bit more professional, fits a standard microphone mount. There are different pros and cons to each, but their sound and features, like they're both XLR and USB, are pretty good. So, These, between those, whichever one is cheaper, really. You could also look at the Samsung Q2U, and that's Samsung S-A-M-S-O-N. That's also a great microphone in the same kind of design, USB and XLR. The ElectroVoice RE320 on the higher end of things, or the ElectroVoice RE20, the Rode Procaster is also really good. Or even if you really need to, the Heil PR40. I'll talk more about that in a moment. So these are studio dynamic microphones that can work great for your particular environment and give you some great sound. But then lavalier or lapel microphones are best for out-of-the-way recording in video, not in audio only, but in video, where you have a quiet environment or where the microphone can be close enough to your face that it captures more of you than of the environment. This is especially great for wireless recording. Some of the best microphones in this field would be the Rode Smart Lav, the Giant Squid Audio Lavalier, or the Sennheiser ME2 
microphone, which also comes with different wireless kits and such that you can look at. And I'll have links to these in the show notes. Shotgun microphones are best for out-of-the-frame recording in video, where the speaker, the person you're trying to record, stays in one place and the microphone is positioned so that the camera can't see it. So you're not wearing a microphone anywhere. There's no microphone on a stand that people can see. The microphone is generally above you in this case. But if you move around very much, then you need someone to point this microphone at you and keep it on target. So this can be kind of tricky to work with at times, but can be great for some videos because then the microphone is completely not in the video at all. That's why they use this for movies and TV shows most of the time for the close-up shots because then you never see a microphone. But they also hide microphones in many other ways for movies and TV. A great microphone for this would be the Rode NTG1 or the NTG2. They each have their different little minor differences. If you need a headset mic, not a USB headset mic, but a professional headset mic, like you see professionals using, these are best for more active kinds of recording, moving around. If you're a moving speaker, walking back and forth, walking among the crowd, moving things, I recommended a headset mic to someone who wanted to podcast while they were playing Airsoft. That's highly active. You can't be holding a microphone and you can't be standing at a microphone during that. You have to be able to move around and the microphone not just fall off and also not rustle with a lot of your clothing as you're moving around. So a headset mic can be great with this, but they are a bit visible in the uh, video that you're recording depending on your perspective and everything. And some great microphones for this. The Countryman is really the probably the premier mic for this, but also there are some great mics from Audio-Technica and Rode and Nady in this space as well. Dynamic handheld or interview microphones are best for, get this, hand-holding and interviewing, but it's also an ideal kind of microphone to use in a noisy environment when you're doing some interviews. This is the kind of microphone that you see news broadcasters holding. It's designed to be held. So it has the shock mounts inside of it so that you don't get handling noise while you're working with the microphone. And they often have very long handles to them as well. So you don't have to hold your hand very close to your face, but your hand can be at a comfortable position as well as not having to have your arm stretched in front of someone as you're interviewing them, but just having your hand just slightly turning back and forth to be able to point the microphone at you or at your guests that you're interviewing. So each of these particular microphones will be the best microphone for your case, depending on what your case is. And it depends so much really on your budget and on your own voice for exactly which microphone you should use. I've got a couple of these recommendations for different models in the show notes for episode 174. And if you purchase through that, then that helps support what I'm doing as well through my affiliate links. But let's challenge one of these microphones. Is the Heil PR40 really the golden standard of podcasting microphones? In short, no. But why? 
If you listen to a lot of other podcasts about podcasting, or really any other podcast about podcasting, you'll most likely hear two microphones regularly recommended. That is the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB and the Heil PR40. Either of these are highly praised as the microphones to get to help you take your podcasting to the next level. And I think that the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB or the AT2005 really does deserve this recommendation. Although the Samsung Q2U microphone is a great competitor with the same features, sometimes around the same price, sometimes even cheaper. Like Target recently had some killer deals on this microphone, but it, they're all gone now. But what about the high Pro 40 I am talking to you right now on a Heil PR40, and I've had this for a while, and I was one of those who saved up for a while to get the Heil PR40. I have two of them in my studio right now. But now that I've experienced other microphones and gotten a lot more familiar with different podcasts out there, different voices, I really think that the PR40 is overhyped primarily because of its massive endorsement from two people. Leo Laporte and Cliff Ravenscraft. Now, I highly recommend both of these men for what they've done in podcasting. I applaud their success. And Cliff is truly a close friend of mine. He, he doesn't live very far with me. We occasionally get together, have lunch together, and talk about podcasting and such and, and certain business things together. And, and he really inspires me in so many ways. So I'm not here to say that their advice is is worthless, that you shouldn't trust them, that they're giving bad advice even. But I have discovered a problem with so many podcasters going through the same blanket school of thought and using the same microphone with the exact same settings. When I listen to podcasters who use the Heil PR40, I've noticed the same range of audio enhanced. Uh, In some ways, I'm starting to not call it enhanced, but maybe overly enhanced or wrongly enhanced, but I'm hearing the same range of audio enhanced in everyone's voices, and they're starting to sound too much alike. Michael Hyatt is sounding very similar to Ray Edwards. Ray Edwards is sounding very similar to Michael Stelzner, sounding very similar to me, to all of these different people using the Heil PR40. And I think making all of us sound a bit too much like a radio DJ. I do not like the way my voice sounds anymore through the high LPR 40. I, I don't mind the sound of my voice. In fact, the first time I heard my recorded voice while my voice, or when my voice had finished changing, I preached a sermon and it was recorded and I was just a teenager at that time. And I kept thinking, oh, my voice is horrible. But when I heard my voice back, I thought, hey, I actually like the sound of my voice. And so I'm not one of those types that hates the sound of my voice. I don't love to hear myself speak either. But I don't like the sound of my voice through the high LPR 40 because I think it over enhances certain areas of the voice. And also many voices out there will have some problems with the sibilance. That's the S sounds in the microphone being a bit too harsh. And when this is especially noticeable, is when you're driving in a car or you have to turn up the volume of the podcast a lot more, like to account for a loud background such as driving or mowing or anything like that, heavy equipment. 
and the S sounds can be a bit too prominent uh, with the Heil PR40. So before you go to rush out and buy the Heil PR40 just because other people have recommended it and other people use it, I really think if at all possible, you should try your own voice on it. Even if that means going to your local guitar center and trying your voice there and buying from them instead of buying through my affiliate links or anyone else's affiliate links, I really think you should try this before you buy it. You could even save a little bit more money and get something like the Electro Voice RE320, which is just a little bit cheaper than the Heil PR40, but I think the RE320 does a better job of properly reproducing your natural voice instead of enhancing it a bit too much and making us sound a bit too much like the radio DJ sound live on ABC, CBS, XYZ. We just don't need that in podcasting anymore. And people like authenticity. And yes, there are certain places for enhancing your voice a little bit more to make it sound a little bit better and certainly compressing certain dynamics so it's more audible. But if you over-enhance it, then you're no longer sounding authentic. And you don't want people to meet you in person and say, well, you don't sound like you're recording. You want them to hear you and say, you sound just like you're recording and your voice is great. Yes, there are certain places for maybe enhancing your voice, but I really think that there is a market for every voice out there, and you don't have to have a golden radio voice for podcasting. I've heard some people tell me that I have a great voice for radio, for podcasting, but I, I, I just think I have an average voice. I like the sound of my voice. I like the slight edginess sound that I have with my voice. But I wouldn't really say that it's a radio voice or anything like that. And I don't want it to be a radio voice. I just want it to be me. So I have these high LPR40s right now. I'm kind of stuck with them. But I have been toying with the idea of selling these and switching to the Electro Voice RE320 microphone to get a bit more accurate reproduction of my voice. So in conclusion, I would say that a dynamic mic is generally the best microphone for most podcasters out there. That doesn't mean the high LPR40. And actually, I'm going to dethrone the high LPR40 and say it is not the golden standard for podcasting microphones. The golden standard is your voice. So find the microphone that fits your golden standard. And there is no absolute rule on every podcast voice out there because every voice is different. Every environment is different. But in general... I think that if you are podcasting from your home or office, in general, you may get better results with a dynamic microphone than with a condenser or a lavalier or any of these other styles of microphones. But there are plenty of other situations where the other microphone would be your preferred choice to get the best quality of audio instead of a dynamic microphone. Now, I'd love to hear from you your thoughts on this content that I've shared with you on dynamic microphones, studio microphones, and especially how much to you does the audio or video quality matter to podcasts that you consume? If you are not a podcaster, I especially want to hear from you. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 174 and tell us, I'm a podcaster and I think that audio quality matters this much, or I'm not a podcaster 
but I listen to podcasts and I think the quality matters this much. I'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on that. And let's get a conversation going about this in the show notes and the comments area in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 174. I'd love to hear from you, your questions and the things that you would like to challenge about podcasting. Please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or go to the website theaudacitypodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through the website. I love to also work with you in one-on-one consulting or doing stuff for you to help you launch or improve your podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting for more information about that and to schedule some sessions with me. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast to share your passions and find success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like catch up on all of the recent finale episodes of some of your favorite TV shows, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Resurrection, and Once Upon a Time, as well as the upcoming return of Under the Dome and learn how to be productive in your personal and professional life and so much more over at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.